properly done one-on-ones are the most effective way that I've seen to be able Mm -hmm. to build that healthy connection over time. And actually, it actually builds efficiencies in other ways. And we can talk about that as we start moving forward with it. It's up to you to create a thriving environment for your team. Discover how Jason Hedge, owner of Launchable Leadership and host Brad Webster, here to share practical tools to help you become the best boss. So, Jason, how are you doing? I'm having a good day today. I'm having fun. This, awesome. is, this is a great topic. I'm, I'm super passionate about this. All right. I'm so sold on it. one-on-ones, one-on-ones. Why are one-on-ones important? One-on-ones are the things that build the connections, the relational capital to really get things moving. You're hired into that boss role not to do the job of your employees, but to help make everything that the employees are doing work together with all the employees. And so everyone wants to be known. Everyone wants to be understood. And they spend a lot of time at work. It's a majority of our functional day that is unbroken up that we're spending in an environment with people that hopefully we've got some friendships we're building, people that want to be there. And a good part of that is getting known. And one-on-ones are the most effective way that I've seen to act. Sorry, properly done one-on-ones are the most effective way that I've seen to be able Mm -hmm. to build that healthy connection over time and actually even though it's taking time out of the day away from your quote unquote productive work, mm-hmm. although I would say this is very productive, it actually builds efficiencies in other ways. And we can talk about that as we start moving forward with it. When I first got to start my own one-on-ones, it honestly was really awkward mm-hmm. because I also had that that first person that I was trying it with was not very talkative. So if I had brought in a high I that loved to talk, it would have been super easy. But right, right. they were a high C. Oh, wow. And they were a very private person. Uh-huh. And she admittedly was very uncomfortable with it. Wow. But she was willing to risk the time with me to go through it. <laughs> and funny. in the end, that was one of the dynamics that she brought out to say was instrumental in her personal growth through the position and even into some of the personal wow. things because of the connections, the relational capital built during that time with the one-on-ones. Okay. So there's a normal one-on-one and then there's three-tens. So what's the difference or what is different about like three-tens format versus a traditional one-on-one? Many one-on-ones are just, okay, let's sit down and have some time. And mm-hmm. one dynamic is that it's, it's not regular and the other is no one knows exactly when it's going to end because if you strike up a great conversation, it may last right. an hour, an right. hour and a half, two hours, right. and that builds out of everyone's day. So the focus with the three tens is that you're focusing in 10-minute intervals on three different things for a strict 30-minute one-on-one. And one of the key dynamics is that this is a either weekly or every other week, but it's regular and consistent so that everybody knows that it's happening. And one of the beautiful dynamics about that is if they have questions during the week and you don't have one-on-ones, they need to ask those questions when they see you as a boss coming around in the work environment. Because especially for uh, some bosses that are gone or in different locations, they may never have that chance and email may not be the most effective way to do it. But if they have a Mm -hmm. one-on-one, they can oftentimes hold on to those, especially when they see that you're busy because they know they're going to have a time to be able to bring up some of those issues. Mm -hmm. So it builds efficiencies uh, in that way. 
And so this was from uh, Mike and Mark with Manager Tools is what introduced me to this. Okay. And so they talked about this strict 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Because then you can plan on it and you put them back to back to back so they right. can't accidentally go over those 30 right, minutes right. because the next person's there. And so let me break down. So the 30 minute intervals, the first 10 minutes is all about connection. You're asking them about something that's important to them. So if they want to talk about work, they talk about work. If they want to talk about their weekend, they talk about their weekend. And one of the interesting things is if you start off with the same question mm -hmm. every time to open it, you can start to and take notes and start to see differences in their emotional state, even though they're not talking about it, by how their answer, their immediate words that they're choosing in the answer mm -hmm. shift. Because for, for people that are a little more reserved, Mm -hmm. They're going to start off with fine or okay or good. Yeah, right. You're going to see a consistency. And then when it drops below that, right. then you know something's genuinely going on and you can find out what's appropriate to be able to ask and be able to dig into that. So you're so, looking for a pattern, really. Exactly. Okay. And when, you, when you've got the note sheet that uh, I can share with you, that is a great place to be able to document it. And then you can quickly flip through the pages and see either that consistency or that lack of consistency there. Okay. So the first 10 minutes is connection. Mm -hmm. The second 10 minutes is all about the work projects. Where are they are? What's the status? Green, yellow, okay. red. Are they good on them? Are they not? Mm -hmm. What obstacles are they hitting? Would be a great place for them to say, hey, right. this is where I'm hitting a limitation. And then you get that opportunity to help push them in a direction to say, have you spoken to this person? Or are you just expecting it? Mm -hmm. Or it could be something for you as a boss that only you can do to be able to make that change and you're removing obstacles so that they can move forward with it. Mm -hmm. okay. So that's the second. And then the third 10 minutes is all about coaching. And I'm a firm believer in coaching. You're growing other people and a great right. boss, the best boss is always building leaders around them. And that's what you're going to do in this time. You're taking something that's important to them and providing opportunities, asking questions and helping them to have that internal growth that's going on. For those that are weak employees that maybe you've done some write-ups with or you're getting close to that point, this is the perfect spot to be able to focus intentionally on those things that are going to help them save their job and help them step into the potential that you originally saw when you when you hired them, that gold that you saw. Right, yeah. And most of the time it's work things. Some of the times we just had a lot of fun on something personal for the individual that they wanted to open up about and right. ask some coaching questions about how to grow that aspect or step into something that they're really passionate right. about. Because I'm a firm believer if if you're helping them grow in life, they're wanting to pour more back into the work environment. Awesome. That sounds really good. So it sounds like a one-on-ones and even not just one-on-ones, but three-tens are pretty important. So how important would you say these would be in the work environment? They're immensely important. In fact, we were talking earlier about your own experience. So why don't you share about yours briefly? Because you got to do something similar in uh, three tens of one-on-ones that you did before. You know, my, I, I, I worked for an organization and, and this is the first place where I encountered the one-on-ones and it was a little awkward at first, but then I think I immediately realized it was a place. It was a place for me to be able to talk about stuff that I had questions about. I knew even if it was slightly personal or just project related, I knew I was going to have set aside time to talk 
to my manager about that. And right, so you plan ahead. It was always there. It was one of those locked in Wednesdays we at 9.30. I knew I was going to have some sort of time to talk to him. It was really powerful. And so when I had my own uh, office downtown I, um, and I had interns there, I incorporated that into, nice. into there. And so that was really powerful for those, my interns, for them to know that they were going to get that time with me and they were going to get that time to just talk chat you know sort of decompress about some stuff so it was, it was very i think instrumental in in the growth of, of those interns so yeah i i love it and two of the things that you talked about the the trust that i heard that was being built for you to be able to open up about things mm-hmm. can only happen when you've got intentional time and the other thing is the value you're demonstrating to the employee. If you do this well, you're saying, I'm committing this time to you. And even if I'm traveling or something else comes up, we may move the time and change, but we're doing everything we can to not skip it. Right. Because right. it's that important. And when you're demonstrating that to the employee by continuing to keep those commitments that you set up, uh, that speaks volumes to the the value the worth that the employee is bringing into that that workplace in there so i hear you saying intentional time set in advance by the boss absolutely okay what else what are some of the other benefits so we talked about already that the the deeper relations that uh, relational capital that you're building up by pouring into the employee by showing interest in things that are important to them always helps out same thing in the dating realm with you looking at genuine interest in someone else, that helps in the emotions to be able to connect and trust. Everything gets built through that. And so in that time, you're asking about things that are important to them. You've also got happier employees in the middle of it. You, right. you talked about that, yeah. mm-hmm. and that you're, you're, you're open, you know you've got that time, and it helps produce that uh, extra little bit of productivity because you didn't have to bug the boss every time that you saw them because you knew you were going to get an intentional time to be able to bring up those things. So you're actually bringing money down to the bottom line, even though you're taking, quote unquote, an hour, 60 minutes, two 30-minute segments out of your, quote unquote, productivity. I think you're building in a whole lot more than that right. by relational equity. Exactly. Moving things forward. Commitment. Yep. So many organizations are still using the annual performance reviews. And I remember how painful it is to try to think of a whole year of <laughs> right. performance things that have come right. up. And if you're doing the three tens and you're tracking down the information, right. you already have a place where you're documenting and you just need to flip through to be able to see where you denoted, where they went above and beyond and they were stellar. And you can call that out oh, yeah. and you can easily see the, the performance issues that you were going through and the personal development plans that you might have put them on that you're referencing and talking about and coaching them through to work on things. So you've got all the information right there in one spot. A great place to be able to provide that direct feedback and work through things. Awesome. So this sounds really good. I love the structure. I love the way it builds in a lot of sort of checkpoints, safeguards along the way. So what's the best step that a boss could do right now? All right. So the best step I would suggest, go over to Manager Tools podcast and listen to the one-on-ones. They have... They've set up a super practical way to be able to hear about it. In fact, there's probably 15 podcasts they've set up just on developing the one-on-ones with you. And I could go through that information. They do such a phenomenal job. So I would say go there and listen to how they've set things up and then go to Mm bestboss.org forward slash eight 
and there you can download the three tens forms that I've been using for for years and years. It breaks down with some of the questions, the three sections to it, just makes it super easy to be able to three hole punch it, pop it in a binder and store those for later reference to be able to bring about. So super easy. Okay. So is that slash the number eight or the word eight? The number eight. The number eight. The number eight. Okay. Super easy. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Thanks so much, Jason. Thanks, Brad. It's fun. I love this. Yeah. Today's best step moves you closer toward becoming the best boss with growing profits, an engaged team, and a legacy with lasting impact. If you found this helpful and know of others ready to become the best boss, please subscribe and take a moment to share a rating of how valuable this podcast has been. Visit us online at bestboss.org to connect more with Jason and Brad and other best bosses. So Jason, you look pretty active. What what sports did you play in high school? I played the sports in high school that probably got the most jokes. I wore a Speedo. You wore a Speedo. Were you a swimmer? I did water polo for my first two years, which in water polo, let's see, I would usually put on three or four because... The game is really played underwater. You don't see what's going on with the kicking, the, the stabbing, the scratches and right, everything that happens. Right. So if, if you only had on one suit, you would probably come out of the pool with no suit. So you need oh, multiples wow. just as a That's defense crazy. there. So I did water polo for two years and then I lettered all four years with swimming. Wow. So you were one of those guys with a jacket with a letter. You know, I never bought the jacket. Oh, you never bought the jacket. I had the letter. I wow. yeah, and I probably still have them somewhere, but I, yeah, I never bought the jacket to put it on. Just didn't make sense. A letterman with no jacket. With no jacket, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, so the stroke that I was best at, I would do the the IM, and so I was, I would be. So that's the, 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 what the individual medley. So that's butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. Okay. And so with it, I would be head to head with everyone on the uh, butterfly. I would be ahead of everyone with the backstroke. Oh, wow. I would be in last place with the breaststroke, which with was my, I was horrible oh, at it. Wow. That frog kick I could neck get in, and then I would come back and redeem myself at some level with the freestyle. In with there. the freestyle, all Man, right. That breaststroke just killed me each time. But it sounds like you're a backstroker. I let my dad. The same thing. That's what he did in high school. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know how that passes in the family genes, but it works somehow. <laughs> somehow. That's really good. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that fun fact. <laughs> thanks, Brad. Yeah.